0: time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Good rainy morning. Good rainy morning in Victoria, where we had David Eby, the new premier, first time on the hot seat yesterday there mm-hmm. in question period. We'll play a bit busy of that day. in a second. It was really busy. And he said he'd hit the ground running. He wasn't kidding. He
1: was hit the ground sprinting. I mean, yeah. he, you know, f- minutes after being sworn in, he, he announces the hydro credit and the, the cost of living credit. And then on the weekend, he does the public safety thing. And then yesterday morning... Two bills in the legislature vote housing biggest housing bills we've ever seen.
0: Okay, we had a ton of phone calls earlier on the rental restrictions mm-hmm. element of the of what EB announced here that all condos is effectively would be eligible to be rented out if the owner wants to rent them out.
1: Yeah, if the, if the owner wants to, um, I assume some condo owners will take advantage of this because the rents are so high. Yeah. you can make a lot of money in your condo. You know, four thousand dollars a month. If it's a two-bedroom condo, um, if, if you've got it paid off or partially mostly paid off, that's a pretty good income stream.
0: Okay, we got like a split reaction to it on the open line here. I'm sure we'll get more calls on it here in a moment.
1: You know, some I thought people that, think I,
0: it's a good idea and others not so much.
1: Yeah, I think the one of the things that was really good yesterday is dropping the age restrictions right? On and, yeah. and kids, like evicting a young couple because they had a kid.
0: Let's talk about that. Let's play a clip here of David Eby because one of the things he said, they're dropping these age restrictions and stratas. Except for seniors only building, 55 you can't have an over. Older, yeah, if that's that's state, still allowed.
1: That's still allowed, right? But the this uh, you, you know uh, um, you have to be over thirty uh, to, in order to live in a building is yeah. nonsensical. As is if you have a little baby, suddenly you got to leave.
0: Yeah, basically these those rules, rules are, are gone. No kids allowed. Basically, here's what EB had to say about that yesterday and why he wants to phase those rules out. I was contacted in my previous role as housing minister by a couple that uh, was pregnant. They were expecting a child. And they could not believe that the law in British Columbia would allow for them to be evicted from their home because they decided to start a family.
1: So these rules end this week. Um, The the housing initiatives yesterday are in two phases. The housing supply with the municipalities, that'll start taking effect uh, mid-2023. But these rules on condos come into effect once the legislation is passed. And that legislation will pass sometime this week.
0: Right. So that would include the rental restrictions mm-hmm. and the age and the age, age, the and the age, age restrictions. restrictions like that scenario where he described there. You imagine a, a young, young, young couple moves into a, a condo and then they have a, a child and the now stra- you're
1: now you're kicked out of your the home. Strata council kick you out. Yeah. Really? No, that's I didn't how even often know that. does that was, happen? Is that true? Is that I can't imagine it happening very often, but Evie cited a couple examples of the people he knew were in that situation.
0: Okay, so what do you think will be the public reaction to to this? I think it
1: will be generally positive. Um, You know, uh, people are looking for places to rent. I mean, it's a real rental crisis in the capital region, in metro Vancouver, not only in terms of supply, but just the, the monthly rental costs are exorbitant. And the more rental places that come on the market, the better.
0: Where are the other housing measures that he outlined during the leadership campaign? Because yeah. there are a lot of them that are missing.
1: Yes, and year. he said, uh, he was asked that yesterday, where's the, where's the flipping tax? Right. The tax on flipping. Um, the renter's rebate is still there from the 2017 election campaign. Also, he talked about putting uh, allowing uh, zoning laws to change to allow three or four units on a single, th- on a, a single lot. That may well come. Uh, and the devil's the devil's in the details in this Housing Supply Act. A lot of it is going to be done through regulation, so th- that could still come as part of this bill. This this multi units on a on a housing lot, and again, municipalities starting with eight to ten of them are going to be identified, the ones with the largest uh, demand. So we're probably talking Vancouver, Surrey, Burnaby, Victoria. Some of the larger urban centers where the, there's the most demand, they're going to be expected to come up with a, a housing supply plan uh, for on over a five-year basis, and then the government's going to have to sign off on it. There is a clause in this in this bill that allows the minister to have an ordering council to override or overreach a municipality if they don't, if he or she doesn't like what they see there, but that's, you know, the the goal is to actually have some cooperation here in, in uh, building the housing supply.
0: Okay. We'll be talking about that more later on the show, whether this is setting up a fight with municipalities over housing approvals here down the line. The other one was missing, the big missing part of the puzzle here was at one point he had talked about legalizing secondary suites so that basement suites would be legal everywhere in BC, no matter what a municipality, that 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 wasn't there. That wasn't wasn't
1: there, but he didn't, he didn't, rule out that not coming in. Uh, He said a lot of this stuff is still to come. Uh, We don't have any timeline. Again, some of that may be part of the housing supply. Once you get into the regulations, people forget bills have regulatory powers for cabinet, and they may craft some regulations that go along those lines. It's going to be interesting. You you talk about picking a fight with municipalities. So at yesterday's announcement, uh, speaking at yesterday's announcement, was Victoria Mayor Marianne Alto. Yes. the government likes what they see. What Victoria is doing in increasing the housing supply, the missing middle, the uh, having multi units on a on a lot. Right next door is Oak Bay, and yeah. E.B. singled out Oak Bay. I live in Victoria. You live in Oak Bay. Your council was signaled out by by E.B. Yes. in the, even when he was housing minister, did yeah. not like what he saw with Oak Bay Council dragging its feet on an, on approving housing developments. There was, I think, a fourteen unit. Um, proposal on Oak Bay Avenue that yeah. took years to go through and finally said no, and Evie singled that out for criticism. So I think that's an example where the government likes what it sees with Victoria, doesn't like what it sees with Oak Bay. You can probably start seeing similar p- parallels through Metro Vancouver as Okay,
0: well. we'll talk more about that coming up here in a bit here on the show. Um, you mentioned that he had also announced on the weekend this plan to deal with violent repeat offenders to try and keep them locked up. Mm-hmm. Instead of releasing them back into the public to, to commit more crime, and the liberals on the attack on that in question period yesterday. So this is the first question period with E.B. as premier. Listen to Kevin Falcon here, the Liberal leader. He's going to. Uh, you'll hear Falcon mention this outrageous armed robbery of the Cafe du Soleil in Vancouver, where people. Did you hear about this or people oh, got yeah, it was stuck. People having brunch? Yeah. And the two people get stuck up, they get held up at gunpoint. And
1: their cell phones taken, their their jewelry. It was was brazen, to say the least. That's unbelievable. I thought that
0: was like, I saw out of a movie, a Pulp Fiction movie, (laughs) I think I saw that once. Here's Kevin Falcon in question period going after EB yesterday.
1: And just yesterday, families having brunch at Cafe du Soleil on Commercial Drive were robbed at gunpoint by two armed individuals and yet for over five years we've had this premier the former attorney general the chief law operating officer for the province of british columbia look the other way and doing nothing while victims have been assaulted each and every day
0: I guess he should get used to that type well, of attack
1: they're trying to tag uh, eb as the soft on crime premier that, right. that was that was the message yesterday uh, they've got some familiar buzzwords which are effective the catch and release uh, program um I know you're an avid fisherman, but this is not about fish. This is about criminals now, uh, the catch and release. And, and again, <laughs> it was interesting yesterday, David a. B's first question period, uh, he was very low-key. Like he was, he, he yeah. Did not, and which I think was <clears throat> very deliberate. He did not take the bait. He did not get in the shouting match with Kevin Falcon or other liberals. John Horgan occasionally would get into a pretty uh, boisterous exchange with the opposition. And that's when you had all the shouting and screaming and, and speaker calling forward. That wasn't on display yesterday. At, I was sitting up in the press gallery in, in the chamber and at times uh, straining forward, like I couldn't even hear uh, e. B. He was speaking so softly. He was so very kind of
0: low energy, I thought.
1: And I think that was deliberate. Deliberate. Okay. It was very deliberate not to engage in a raucous debate. He's not there today. He's giving a speech in Vancouver and a couple of places. Premiers only go to one question period a week. So that was that was the last one I think we're going to see Eby in.
0: Okay. Doug McCallum yesterday, the former mayor of Surrey, found not guilty on that charge of public mischief. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to our exchange on the trial. The here. This machine. is from an earlier show here a couple of weeks back. Have a listen. Tim, do we have that clip? But I'll tell you, McCallum has got good lawyers.
1: Using his deep pockets, courtesy of the taxpayer, to get two pretty high-powered wit- witnesses to counter.
0: That's what money pays for when, when, you, when you hire
1: the best lawyers. He's got one of the best lawyers around, Richard Peck, yeah. a well-known uh, defense lawyer.
0: I think he's going to beat the rap here. That's what I'm starting to think now.
1: Yeah, I thought he was going to beat agree. the rap. I, see, you cut it off before I said I agree.
0: Did you follow up? Did you say you agreed? I'm
1: pretty sure. We both agreed that because the video, the so-called smoking gun video, was anything but conclusive, uh, and then you had those doctors testify on on McCallum's behalf, it was a pretty, pretty good case by the defense, at least to establish reasonable doubt. And the Crown didn't really put on a lot of compelling evidence. And then it emerged, and we talked about this, that it all began with this woman absolutely berating McCallum out of nowhere, confronting him in a public place and calling him names dropping the f-bomb a few times it was completely unacceptable behavior that initiated this entire encounter and i think it actually elicited some sympathy for mccallum when okay. we found out that this all began with this woman going crazy on him
0: all right it's baldry's beat let's go right to your phone calls here brian and surrey hi brian go ahead
2: um yes hi, hi. yeah i've been uh, living in a condo for about uh seven years now i was on council for
0: four years and we
2: are 19 and over but i would say the youngest there right now is probably around 65 or so but we uh our, our units are w- worth a million dollars or more we have 700 something dollars enough up strata fees we have a lot of involvement of the people living in the building doing garden work and, and fixing things changing light bulbs all kinds of stuff just to save us money because our insurance is always growing up we need a new roof within the next one to three years it's going to be probably half a million to a million dollars etc cetera, etc cetera. It's, it's a 94 back in 94 the building was built there's ongoing costs, and I have... So there's a real interest in our in, from everybody in our building and putting their time in and, and looking after things, and I'm really concerned about what this, how this is going to affect us.
0: What What is your concern? What are you worried about?
2: Because people are in there really care. People in there put in their time. People in there volunteer. And, uh, you know, when people are renters and they don't have that kind of input uh, in all kinds of things in our building, I just don't think they're going to have the same attitude.
1: Well, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't think it's suddenly everyone in your building is going to become a renter, you know, does, if you've got 30 units and suddenly four become renters, does that really change things in a really negative way?
0: See, here's the thing though, like, you know, a lot of these, like he's just described there that a lot of these strata counselors are volunteers, Mm -hmm. right? They're volunteering in the building. And now suddenly, you know, you get someone who's having parties late at night. Now they're responsible for going and knocking on the door and dealing with it because the landlord, the owner, is absentee and not around. This is what they're worried about, right? So another thing they're worried about is how do we get rid of a bad tenant? And EB has promised to give them some new some new yeah, powers to do that.
1: That's long been a concern for landlords. How do you get rid of a bad tenant? Yeah. And that's, that's obviously, I'm not sure about the party thing. I'm not sure that suddenly everyone's going to start partying in <laughs> condos because of this thing. Um, uh, but you know, it's, uh, it's going to change a bit, but I, I don't think you're suddenly going to see a 30 unit condo suddenly turn into 30 units of renters Yeah. Uh, because those, those people who own those condos have to live somewhere else. And this is the conundrum. I talked to all my neighbors constantly about this. We all live in Victoria in beautiful homes and you could sell your home and make a pretty good coin. But where do you live? Cause there's yeah. still you gotta live you, somewhere. You've you got to live somewhere. And the rental crisis is facing people who want to rent their condos as well. They've got to find somewhere else to live as well. So I don't think you're going to see suddenly a lot of renters here.
0: Peter and Burnaby. Hi, Peter. Go ahead. John, you're speaking on both sides of your mouth. You just
3: said you don't see a big turnover, and yet the first thing that came out of your mouth this morning was the supply issue. This isn't going to impact supply. The, the, the progression of the turnover to those units becoming rental units is going to be so long in the future that prices are going to go up in the meantime that's again going to affect Uh, rental. Look, I I am a council president. I've lived in a condo for seven years as an owner. I'm also a landlord. And I can tell you that uh, in our building, tracked over seven years, 30% of our building is rentals. 60% of our infractions are from 30% of our building. This is taking units that were self-managed, as was alluded to by your previous guest, Mike. This this is taking units that were self-managed and now putting the onus on the councils, which are volunteers, to manage difficult situations where they don't have the tools to deal with a difficult tenant. So I, I can't stand the fact that this has taken away democratic process that is in place. It will work itself out if we
0: allow this to happen. We need to build more rental units. That's okay. the answer. Thank you.
1: Well, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. More rental units would be great.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's the thing. Like A lot of people are saying, is this really going to create a lot more housing? You know, I mean, well, are there really that many of these condos sitting around empty?
1: The stats we got yesterday, 300,000 strata units. It's kind of hard to believe
0: there's, there's, there's that many condos sitting around empty. No, no
1: those, those are not empty. Those are just, those are
0: filled. Oh, those are the uh, ones so that have the rental restrictions. T- okay.
1: There are twenty nine. Well, there are 2,900 empty condos R- that, can't, yeah. that can't be rented. Right. And that's the goal is to turn those 2,900 empty condos right now into rental properties.
0: Rick in Nanaimo. Hi, Rick. Go ahead. I, pre- I agree with the last two callers. Uh, I was the
3: president of a strata council that was mostly rental
0: And uh, the owners,
3: the renters didn't care. And the owners didn't really care. It was really an investment for them. And it was hard to get a quorum for any meeting because uh, some of the owners were not in town. They were mm-hmm. across the water and whatnot. Um, renters made a mess of the owner's unit, really not strata's problem because that's the owner's problem. Um, but they also made a mess of the outside, which becomes strata's problem because it's uh, on our common property. All kinds of issues. I moved to one that's got rental restrictions. 100% different. I'm on the council of that one as well. We have very little problems. It's really easy to manage. I agree with those two callers. Okay, Rick, thank you, for, thank
0: you for that call. Sorry, sorry out of time. Go
1: yeah. I, again, r- renters get a bad uh, name here because of some bad apples. I live in, in Victoria, in Fairfield. Right next to us is a five-plex yeah. for 30 years. Um, many t- turnover in tenants. We've had, had one bad tenant out of probably dozens over the years.